Fear, where terror is homegrown. Join us as we take a drive down dusty back roads and discover the obscure and dark history of this country, human and otherwise, that lurk in your backyard. Welcome to episode 16 of State of Fear Podcast. Today's date is Kansas. I am your host, Chris. And as always, every week on point <laughs> is my buddy, my friend, James. This is James, man. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Man, today's episode is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we are going to cover not one topic. We're going to cover an entire town. Entire town. One which I am... Very happy to say I've actually been to. Yes. So we are covering the haunted town of Atchison, Kansas. Man, and this is actually a very cool little town. So you went there. When did you go there, James? Oh, shoot. Probably about four or five years ago. Okay. I, I don't remember the year exactly. I hate to say it, but we went there to do an investigation. With of who? the Sally House. With our with my gang, the West Houston Paranormal Society. Shout out, guys. Shout out. Okay, and uh, so tell the audience, the folks at home, about your experience at the Sally House. Well, when I woke up... <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. Back up. Woke up where? Actually, I'm just kidding. Okay, so what we did is we flew into town. Did not drive. Uh, me and Shannon, one of the teammates, we actually flew on Southwest. We went down there and got a car, and we met... Uh, Wayne and Hazel okay. at the house. All right. Unfortunately, we're the only four that could make it that time, uh, but we did have a good time. We got the house to ourselves the whole time. I mean, we got in there, we slept in the house and everything, and we investigated. Uh, we did have a little bit of activity, but it wasn't as much as, you know, you've seen in some episodes. You know, you've seen it on TV. It's been yeah. on Ghost Hunters and, mm-hmm. and our Ghost Adventures, I think they did it. I think I think all of these shows at some point have been to the house. To the Sally House. Yes. Well, anyway, we had a great time. A lot of fun. There was also a house down the block that had all these huge gargoyle statues on it and stuff. And I'm trying to remember the name of it. I'm ill-prepared. I think it's just the Gargoyle that's, House or something. That's something like that. But yeah. it is really cool. Neat little town. Okay. Very neat little town. We got, As a matter of fact, one of our good friends, uh, Nanette, if you're listening, shout out. Hello, Nanette. I don't think I don't know if I met Nanette. Have I met Nanette? Miss Landers, she is a member of Everyday Everyday Paranormal. I think she's uh, you know, with Brad and Barry's gang. Is she really? I think so. I, I don't think I met I may have met Along Nanette. with Erlene and Chris from uh I uh, they're from Indiana. Oh, okay. Okay. So you got you digress. Go on. But anyway, that was it. We oh, okay. uh we we did an overnighter, went there, spent the night. Anything happened? Nothing major. Nothing major. Okay. Unfortunately, I'm. I hate to say that, but nothing major. But I can be honest. I'm not going to sit here and make up shit. I just don't do that. Okay. But uh, we did have a little bit of activity. A little bit of hit. You know, had some hits on the K two. All right. Uh, we had a connect uh, running all night on these toys. We didn't get anything on it. Unfortunately, it was just a slow night. Any EVPs or actually electronic voice phenomenons for those not actually, familiar? 
to be honest with you, I don't believe we got anything. It's pretty I think quiet we, night, I think huh? we had a quiet night, unfortunately. Interesting. Okay. And it's too bad because we went so far, but, you know, it does happen from and time to time. The Sally House is, is known far and wide by paranormal investigators as being a pretty uh, active, haunted place. Either they just don't like me. Maybe they don't like you. You know, I, I seem to push well, ghosts not... away, and I don't mean to, but it's yeah. like when I go places, sometimes it just the activity just dries up. Oh, that happens to me sometimes too. Actually, I, I don't think they like me either. I, th- I think you and I are too like um, we're too confident, too forceful. You know, yeah. they they're, they're like, scared hey, of us. Like, hey, ghosts! You know, we <laughs> show yourself, please. Do something, like, please. Well, you know, like I said, you were when I met you a. You know, a believer, but you were very skeptical. Still am. I was very skeptical, but not not to the degree that you were, because you had, like I said, you've been in the field longer than I have. You've okay. done it a lot longer than me. Yeah. So you were at a point where, like, look, you know, I've heard the EVPs, I've seen a shadow, I've seen this. It's time to see something real. Let's let's get down to see some... it with my own two eyes. Yeah, yeah. Let's get down to it. Yeah. And then you know, like I said, and so was I. But over time, I've. I've come to believe it because I have seen my shadow people. Yes, I have true. I, yeah. picked up some really good EVPs. It's out there. It happens. You and know, it just and didn't I, happen at Sally House. Huh? It didn't happen at Sally House, and it's too bad. But I'd still recommend it for any ghost enthusiast to go there because there have been several documented cases. There have been lots of EVPs. You know, there there is recorded evidence from the Sally House. Yeah, we just didn't happen to get any that time. That time. Unfortunately, matter of fact, we called you while okay. we were there. I think we I did do remember call you. You know, no, I think what happened was you guys went live. That's right. We went live. On Facebook, and I, I wasn't able to go, but I was able to watch live as you guys began your investigation, which was cool, because I, I, it's one of the places I wanted to go. I couldn't make it, but to be you know, able to see it live was still cool. Yes, it was. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, all right. Well, um, before we get started into the main story of the haunted town, the Kansas's most haunted town, yep. uh, why don't we get into the weird story of the day? Today's story is a uh, pretty cool one here. This 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 uh, headline caught my eye. <laughs> I actually liked it very much. It made me giggle. This is quite, quite eye-catching for sure. Uh, title of the article is Mysterious Floating Package Sparks Bomb Scare, tur- but turns out to be a NASA experiment. <laughs> that NASA, man. Published back on August 10th. A mysterious package attached to a bright red parachute set off a bomb scare Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> but the white styrofoam box turned out to be a NASA experiment. A group of solar panel employees spotted the box when it floated to the ground at a solar panel field affiliated with the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection off of New Road in South Brunswick around noon. When the employees approached the package, they discovered a handwritten message attached to the outside of it. That's kind of freaky. (laughs) I'd I'd be scared, too. Help. Yeah. NASA Atmospheric Research Instrument, not a bomb. I like if, how they put not a bomb in all caps. Not a bomb. I love it. <laughs> if found, please call redacted. <laughs> <laughs> if this lands near the president, we at NASA wish him a great round of golf. 
Not reassured by the message or the noise the package was making, (laughs) (laughs) of course, (laughs) employees reported the box to the police. I would too. I would uh, absolutely. We just had a package. I'm not making this up. Parachute onto my site. A caller has heard saying in a recording, it's a white styrofoam package. It's making a weird noise. Police dispatched officers and a bomb squad to the area, evacuated the site, and set up a perimeter, a South Brunswick detective said. Secret Service also investigated the package, according to the detective. They soon learned the box filled with wires was really part of a NASA experiment. The box contained a weather balloon instrument that measures ozone, NASA said in a statement provided to News 4 New York. The parachute launched from a Rutgers University-owned site as part of a Long Island Sound Tropospheric Ozone Study. In this instance, a summer student employee not affiliated with Rutgers added extra text in a misguided attempt to be lighthearted, NASA said. (laughs) Not a good idea, buddy. (laughs) Nope. The student who appended the note was removed from the project, and we are... (laughs) Of course, I hope so. (laughs) And we are taking steps to standardize the labeling on these scientific instruments, NASA said. A total of six weather balloons were launched on Sunday, police said. So far, two of the balloons have been recovered, including the one found Tuesday and another one found in Reddington Township near President Donald Trump's Bedminster Golf Club. Police say anyone who finds one of the remaining four balloons has nothing to worry about. They don't have any plans to charge the NASA employee or the intern with a crime for releasing the balloons. Well, why would you? It's just look, a balloon. It's like that. It's like that thing, you know. If somebody says, "Don't look down," what's the first thing you're gonna do? You're gonna look down. You're gonna look down. If you say, t- if you if you say something's not a bomb in big, you know, uh, big letters, what's the first thing they're gonna think? It's a bomb. It's a damn bomb. Yeah. Okay, brother. And yeah, that's man. the end of that story. That uh, was great. I love that story. It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, I'm glad they had a sense of humor. But a yeti at the same cooler. Time, a, a yeti cooler with a red parachute you don't put the words not a bomb not a bomb because the first thing i'll think is your line it's a bomb hey i made that mistake once at Did the you? airport what the lady was patting me down okay and i said oh, i don't i said how you doing today ma'am don't worry i don't have any bombs on me oh and my she goes, gosh she goes sir she says you you do not want to say that. <laughs> Would you st- please step aside for a random random check? They didn't. They didn't. They didn't do that because they knew I was joking. They'd already checked my bag, but they said, "Sir, don't ever." Jeez. She goes. She goes. Look, don't ever say that. Yeah, don't ever. He do says. That. He says, if you say it in front of the wrong people, you're in for a very long day. <laughs> don't. They don't. They don't just take you aside. They do the background they check. They do everything. They run your name. They run your prints. You're there for hours. Yes. You've done far. Missed sure, your flight. They make sure you don't ever say. Ain't nothing like that ever again. again. And no, you will not. Yep. Now, man, I'm ready to get on to this story. Man, let's do this. Uh, all right. So the reason, uh, so Atchison is not officially known as Kansas' most haunted town. I call it that because Atchison, Kansas, has a total square mileage of eight point two nine miles. Not yeah. very big. No, it's a little bitty. Has a population of ten thousand five hundred sixty people as of twenty eighteen. Now, with that size and that population, they have thirteen different haunted sites. Wow. That. Per square mileage, to me, indicates that it's the most haunted town in Kansas. Yeah, that's uh, 
Yeah. Very concentrated. So, founded in 1845 and named after David Rice Atchison, Atchison, Kansas is located in northeast Kansas. Atchison is situated on the bluffs along the Missouri River and is one of the most scenic and historic towns in Kansas. Brick streets climb hills and wind along river bluffs, offering sweeping views of the river valley beyond. Grand Victorian homes with carriage houses recall glorious days when wealthy lumber merchants and railroad magnates walked the streets. So we're going to get into all, well, not say all, but we're going to get to the 13 most well-known hauntings of this small, tiny town. First is the Riverview Drive Home. Several strange occurrences have been reported in this house, such as a television and stereo mysteriously turning on at full volume and noises from rooms when no one is occupying them. Awesome. Let's rock. On one such occasion, the resident thought the noise was her dog and called out to him. However, instead of the dog responding to her call, an elderly woman's ghost spirit entered the room. That would freak me out. <laughs> so I'd be like, hey, come here, come here, Poochie. Whoa, who are you? What are you doing in my house, Grandma? Yeah, back get my, up. Get my gun out. <laughs> Wrapped in a shroud, the spirit smoothed the place on the bed and sat next to the resident. Screaming, obviously. The resident ran from the room to be answered by the slamming of the attic door behind her. Another strange experience has occurred to several guests who have stayed within the house. Apparently, when guests stay in this house, they are instructed to place their luggage at a space at the top of the stairs, which leads to the attic. However, the spirit seemingly doesn't like the suitcases stored in this area because the luggage is often found tossed to the bottom of the stairs. Do you think they do that on purpose? I think so. To get to to, to sell the place, you know. To, you think to, somebody like comes out when everybody leaves and does that to maybe? add the hype? Yeah. Maybe. Oh, we got a ghost in the house. Let's maybe. scare people. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Stories say the house is impossible to live in due to paranormal activity. When this house was purchased by the current owners, it came completely furnished, including several paintings on the wall. Making changes to their new home, the new owners removed several of the paintings, wrapped them carefully, then placed them in the basement for storage. However, the very next day, every single painting was back in its original location. Okay, now this is the deal, folks. If you find a house for sale and it's exactly the way the people left it, (laughs) that means they got the fuck out. (laughs) Quick. Yes, Yes, they did. So you might want to beware if you're buying a fully furnished home. Also... If it's a haunted home or even rumored to be haunted, you want to discard all the items within because they will they will have absorbed yeah. energy. And if it was negative energy, somebody before you was in there, violent relationship perhaps or anything like that, any kind of negative energy, that stuff is actually absorbed by any mirrors, furnitures, you know, anything like that. Furnitures. Furnitures? Furniture and can actually affect you physically. And emotionally. Yes. Don't just store it. Get rid of it. Get. Don't just store it in the basement. Get Absolutely. it out of the house. Absolutely, yes. Atchison Street. This road, once known as Ferry Street, travels down a steep hill towards Missouri River. Long ago, locals would board the ferry at the landing at the bottom of the hill. When it was still referred to as Ferry Street, a woman traveling down the road in a buggy lost control of her horses, became unhitched from the animals, and plummeted down the street into the freezing river. Trapped inside, her drowned body was never recovered. Today, men walking along the riverbank have heard a woman calling them to join her in the murky water below. That's creepy. That is creepy. That sounds like Clara Clayton. Yes, that sounds like like La Llorona. (laughs) Does anybody know who Clara Clayton is? Uh, Why don't you go ahead and uh, tell the folks at home she is. Why not? Back to the Future 3. There you go. School teacher. Fell into the ravine. Go ahead. All right, there you go. Gargoyle home. Gargoyle Home. There it is. There it is. 819 yep. North 4th Street. What's up? 
more often referred to as the Wagner the House. Wagner House. Thank you. Yeah, we were discussing this <laughs> earlier, and I was trying to come up with that name, but that's it. I've got pictures of it, man. It is beautiful. This turn-of-the-century home was built between 1884 and 1885 by B.P. Wagner, who was a lawyer and politician in the Atchison area in the late 1800s. While gargoyles are usually erected to scare off evil spirits, legend has it that Wagner accumulated his wealth through a deal with the devil and the gargoyles were constructed in honor of the pact. It is said that the house is afflicted by an evil curse. One homeowner who attempted to remove the gargoyles fell to his death on the staircase. A segment on the Travel Channel reported that Kansas City ghost hunters, while visiting the home, picked up the presence of ghosts on their special equipment and reported having felt a presence in the house. This house was placed on the National Register of Historic Places on May 3, 1974. Jackson Park A woman by the name of Molly is said to haunt this park. Supposedly, moaning and terrifying screams can be heard throughout the park around midnight. According to one legend, Molly was a beautiful young woman who was found dead in the park the day after her prom. She was found hanging by her neck to a park tree in a hollow with her clothes badly torn. Allegedly, she and her date had argued the night before and when Molly exited the car, her date drove off leaving her in the park. It was never determined if her death was by her own hand or was a murder. Though some suspected that her prom date killed her, no one was ever charged. Another legend of the park's haunting states that Molly was a black woman who was lynched by a white mob years ago. Rather than the eerie screams of a young prom girl, the cries instead come from the brutal slaying of an African-American Molly. In any case, the area today is known as Molly's Hollow, where couples go to quote-unquote park. In addition to Molly's chilling cries, many witnesses also claim to have seen a ghostly figure hanging in the tree where her body was discovered. Now see, dang it, I should have done more research. We flew all the way there. We had all kinds of time. How long were you there for? I, we got there at like 2 in the afternoon. Okay. And we investigated all night. So we had hours. And when did you go back? Like How, 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 long, how long were you in Atchison for total? Just overnight. It was oh, just one night. Okay. We flew in on a Saturday morning and we left on Sunday. But if I remember correctly, you guys took turns being inside the house, right? Uh, it was only four of us. Oh, okay. So we okay. were up and down. Gotcha. And we always hunt in pairs. But yeah, you guys could have took turns and, and gone around to different places and, you know. But we, I didn't I f- didn't do enough looking into it. And if I'd have known this park existed, we could have gone to the park. Exactly. North 3rd Street Home. This home was once inhabited by an elderly single school teacher named Nellie Trueblood. Legends told say, compassionless and bereft, she died in the house. When the house was sold, new owners began to make renovations, evidently to Nellie's chagrin. It is said that when crews were working within the house, they reported seeing gleaming balls of light measuring 18 to 24 inches, which hovered just out of reach. If approached, the lights quickly moved away. Frightened, the work crews quickly abandoned the project before the restorations are ever completed. Kearney and Fifth Street According to the former owners of this house, a friendly ghost lingers here. While there are many unexplained events, such as the sounds of someone walking through the house, this ghost is seemingly very helpful. At one point, the ghost helped the man of the house into his dinner jacket. That's very nice of him. Thinking his old w- jacket, sir. <laughs> Thinking his wife had helped him, he turned around to thank her, but no one was there. Can you imagine his face? Thank you, dear. And she's way off in the kitchen. For I know. what? Thank you. What? Oh, snap. On another occasion, when the couple was returning home from a trip, the wife mentioned that she would love a cup of tea when she got home. Upon their arrival home, a tea kettle was hissing and a cup, saucer, tea bag, and spoon were sitting on the counter. That's a very helpful ghost, man. That is a very helpful ghost. Very nice ghost. 
Glick Mansion. Now, this place I have heard of. Definitely. Right. That was like number two on our list. We did uh, study that, but it was not available. Oh, okay. Okay. We were thinking about going, plus it costs a lot of money. To, they, char- they charge some bucks for these things. Gracious. Glick Mansion. Construction on the Glick Mansion began in 1873 by George Washington Glick. Glick had moved to Atchison from Fremont, Ohio in the spring of 1859 with his wife Lizzie Ryder Glick, son Frederick, and daughter Jenny. Soon he established a law practice with the Honorable Judge Alfred G. Otis under the firm name Otis and Glick. <laughs> that sounds like an oatmeal brand or some <laughs> it shit. Does. It actually does. Otis and Glick! When the war between the states broke out, Glick served as a Union soldier in the 2nd Kansas Regiment during the Civil War. In April 1873, Glick purchased two lots for $950 and raised the structure that was on the property to begin the building of the mansion. First built in the old Gothic Victorian style, construction of the grand structure would continue for the next 39 years. Glick was elected to the Kansas legislature in 1862 and served 14 of the next 18 years in that post. In 1874, Glick also became active in farming and stock raising on his 600-acre, quote, Shannon Hill Farm, which was well known in the area. In 1879, Lizzie Glick, George's wife, purchased two adjoining lots north of the home for $1,000 and another building was raised to make room for expansion of the mansion. It was also during this year that George Washington Glick would become the ninth governor of Kansas and the first ever Democratic governor of the state. Though he only remained in office for one term, he continued to remain active in the political arena as well as being active in local businesses, participating as one of the original founders of the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railroad. Really? Yeah. After years of civic service, George Glick was forced to abandon his political career because of a throat infection that nearly destroyed his ability to speak. He continued, however, as an attorney for various railroads. He also managed his farm and served as a charter member and first vice president of the Kansas Historical Society. In October of 1909, George deeded the Glick Mansion property to his daughter Jenny and her husband James Orr. Just two years later, at the age of 83, George Washington Glick died on April 13, 1911. In 1912, James and Jenny Orr began to remodel the home, retaining the appearance of the mansion but transforming it from a Victorian style to the current Tudor Revival Manor style. When James Orr died in February 1927, the mansion was left with Jenny until her death in 1944. Having no children, the estate was divided among relatives, friends, the First Church of Christ Scientists of Atchison, Kansas, and Atchison, Kansas Public Library. The mansion was then sold by the estate to a local mortician named William Stanton Jr. in January 1945 for $4,000. After Mr. Stanton passed away in August 1962, his wife Amelia sold the property to James M. and Christine Griffith. It passed through several owners until it was purchased by current owners Ray and Joyce Barnby, he currently owns and operates a beautiful restored mansion as a bed and breakfast inn. Along with the rest of Atchison, the Glick Mansion is said to have a ghost of its own rattling around in his century-old home. Allegedly, the strange sounds heard in the night are that of a resident benevolent ghost. The sound of doors being opened and inexplicably closed by unseen forces is a common occurrence, as well as the sounds of footsteps when no one is around. Very cool. McIntyre Villa. This stately mansion called the McIntyre Villa at 1301 Kansas Avenue was built by Irish immigrant John McIntyre in 1890. The villa was placed on the National Register of Historic Places on March 26, 1975, and odd phenomena is reported in the mansion, including lights turning on and off in the tower, which does not have electricity. People walking or driving past the building have often reported seeing figures at the windows when no one is in the house. Figures have often been reported to appear in photographs taken inside the old villa. Cool. Benedictine College. 
Located on the bluffs overlooking the Missouri River, the 150-year-old Benedictine College is also said to be haunted. Not by evil spirits, this historic college is said to remain home to the spirits of some of the old monks who founded the institution more than a century and a half ago. Continuing to look after and protect the old school, at least one of the spirits is known to be looking about Farrell Hall, a campus dormitory. It all began in 1858 when the monks opened a boarding house with just six students. The following year, St. Benedict's College was officially opened with 16 students. From there, the college continued to grow into the beautiful 120-acre campus, which now serves the educational needs of over 1,000 students. At another dormitory called Memorial Hall, several eerie things have been known to occur. According to legend, a girl was changing in her closet when the dresser mysteriously moved in front of the door. When she tried to open the door, it wouldn't budge. Immediately believing her roommate was playing a prank on her, she yelled out, Ha ha, very funny, let me out. However, her roommate was not even in the room. It wasn't until she began to scream at the top of her lungs that somebody finally came to rescue her. Another girl reported that while she was at the mirror in her room, her desk chair began to rock, then suddenly stopped. Frightened, she immediately left the room and was too afraid to return for some time. While all manner of freakish occurrences have been reported at the college, they are seemingly harmless to the students of Benedictine College. Moochnik House. Built in 1885, this old home was host to frequent Saturday night parties. On one such evening, the event ran into the wee hours of Sunday morning. Having been kept up very late, a maid who had worked the party the prior evening overslept the next morning. Rushing from her bedchamber, she ran down the back staircase to the kitchen and fell to her death. Today, witnesses report that lights from the back staircase turn on and off by themselves on Sunday mornings, followed by the smell of cooking bacon from the kitchen when no one is there. That's a great smell to have. That's a great Hell ghost yeah. smell. yeah. If you're going to have a ghost smell, bacon's the way bacon's to go. Bacon's the best one to have. That's right. Yes, sir. This house, which served as an art gallery today, was listed on the National Register of Historic Places on July 12, 1974, and is located at 704 North 4th Street. Theater Atchison. Theatal. Theatal. Built in 1913 as the First Church of Christ Scientist, the building was modeled after the architectural lines of its mother church in Boston. In 1973, the Presbyterian Church bought the building, and 10 years later, they created a community theater organization. Today, the building is known as the Presbyterian Community Center and is home to Theata Atchison. Allegedly, it is also home to an unearthly spirit. Guests often describe feeling an unknown presence with them while visiting the theater, while others working in the building describe odd noises that are often heard that have no apparent earthly cause. The Santa Fe Depot Built in 1880 as a freight depot for the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railway, the old depot stands as a landmark to Atchison's historic past. The restored building houses a Kansas Visitor Information Center, Historical Museum, and the Chamber of Commerce offices. A trolley takes visitors on tours around the historic city, including a haunted Atchison tour. The depot is reportedly haunted by the ghost of Hangman Bill, a railroad worker who is known for his habit of hanging from freight being unloaded on and off cars. He seems like a prankster. However, this prankish skill got him killed one day when the cable carrying one of the loads snapped and he was buried beneath the freight cargo. Ouch. What have we learned, children? Do not play pranks when there's heavy objects around. Absolutely. At the Santa Fe Depot today, staff reports hearing the sound of footsteps coming from above. However, the depot does not have a second floor. Don't they hear any of this? <laughs> I'm under the fruit. The fruit. Get me a sandwich and a beer. I'm hungry. Okay. <laughs> and last but not least, Yikes. the most famous structure of Atchison, the Sally House. Yes. Sally, the Heartland Ghost, is said to haunt this house that once belonged to a local doctor. 
The Tale of Sally's Ghost has been featured three times on the popular 1990s paranormal television show Sightings as well as Unexplained Mysteries. Long ago, six-year-old Sally grew terribly sick during the night with severe abdominal pains. Sally's mother rushed her to the doctor's house where his family lived on the upper floor and he operated his practice on the main floor. Sally's mother listened as the doctor diagnosed young Sally with a severe case of appendicitis, requiring immediate surgery. The little girl panicked at the sight of the surgical tools, and the doctor was forced to hold her down to give her ether. However, in his haste, the physician did not allow the anesthesia to take its full effect and began operating. Oh, jeez. Sally awoke during the initial incision and began fighting and wrestling against the pain. Before she died, she was said to have looked at the doctor with both fear and loathing and remains within the house to this day. In 1993, the house was rented to a young couple who reported that Sally made an almost immediate appearance playing frequent pranks such as turning electrical appliances on and off, turning pictures upside down, and scattering their child's toys about the nursery. Okay. One quick interjection here. Sure. You and I probably both, I don't know if you you agree with me on this, I don't know if people actually return to where they used to live, Mm -hmm. but if she passed away in a doctor's office or in a hospital, how is she in the house now? You know what I mean? Maybe it's a residual energy, but I just... I. You know, when somebody dies in a certain place, their soul goes on, but their energy usually lingers in the place where they die. At least that's what I think. But I, I believe we're both familiar with the uh, idea of um, of uh, tra- like traveling spirits. I suppose. Cause I, yeah, I, I, that's, I guess so. But, you know, I, you know, like people who go to cemeteries thinking, oh, my God, the cemeteries are all going to be haunted. I don't think so as much as some. You know, I think mm-hmm. that, you know... Those are just the bodies. The right. places where the spirits actually dwell are wherever they pass. Like they died at their home. or they, I would say that's where their spirit is. Their spirit is not going to be sitting in the grave True. out there in the maybe. cemetery. At least at least that's how I think of it. Could be. Uh, maybe she just loved the house so much that when she died, she was able to get her energy to go back to the house. Possibly. I we mean, don't know. Well, I guess we'll all find out one day what we're capable when we're of. there. That's yeah. right. I'm coming back to this house for sure. Yeah, no kidding. Shortly after these harmless pranks, the ghost activities turned malevolent, with the young husband suffering from frequent attacks. The couple also experienced a number of small, spontaneous fires throughout the house. In fact, when the sightings crew was at the house filming for an upcoming show, a red welt appeared on the stomach of the man and then began to bleed. Damn. The man who described a severe drop in temperature prior to the attacks would often be left with a number of long, bloody scratches. wonder if he was being... Appendicitis, you know, or, ah, you know, interesting. Yeah. maybe she was mimicking her injury. That's a very good theory, actually, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. At their wit's end, a psychic was consulted who informed the couple that there were actually two spirits in the house. The psychic indicated that it was not Sally who was responsible for the malevolent activities, but rather a ghostly woman of about 30. While Sally may have been responsible for the harmless pranks, it was this older woman who was the evil one. Allegedly, this mysterious woman was, at first... Fond of the gentleman who lived in the house and tried to get close to him, while at the same time attempting to drive a wedge between him and his wife. When she was unsuccessful at this, she began to attack the husband. This I remember hearing about. Yeah. We did, when we did our research, for when, before we went there, we did hear about that kind of stuff. That does sound very familiar. Finally, after the husband felt a strong shove from behind that nearly sent him over the stair railing, the couple could no longer take it and move from the house. Since this couple has moved, later residents have reported no activity occurring in the house. 
In addition to being featured on the popular TV series Sightings, the Sally House Haunting was also made into a made-for-TV movie called Haunted Heartland that first aired on Showtime. It was also featured on Discovery Channel's A Haunting in the fourth episode of Season 2. Plus several other shows. As many Chris, other shows. As Chris said earlier, but yeah, they, it's been on many, many shows. Ghost shows, I think Untold Mysteries, and a bunch of other shows. Yep. And that is the uh, story of... Atchison, Kansas, probably Atchison. the most haunted town in Kansas. That man, that's loaded up there. That's brother. a lot of places to to read, you know. Yes, for it one is. Small eight square mile town, and it, yeah, and, but it's a great little place, and I recommend it. And I am definitely looking forward to making it up there at some point. At some point, hopefully soon. Once the once this whole quarantine is officially over in the entire United States, and I can, you know, make a trip up there. We can get on roam about. Yep. Uh, yeah. All right, James, well, why don't you tell the fine folks at home and other people where they can find us? My pleasure, son. You can find us on the fourthhand.com network along with our other project, What the Suck. You can find us anywhere, anywhere that All you listen to your podcast. All over the world. But uh, if you need some examples, we've got CastBox, there's Spotify, YouTube. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you know. YouTube. It's there. YouTube. That's right. That's right. It's Everywhere. out there. We are also on uh, Facebook, of course, and we are on Instagram. Yeah, so come comment and leave us some notes. Uh, go rate and review us. Leave us a review, please. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Um, if you have an idea for a story for a state, no matter what state it is, uh, we will get back to the earlier states at some other point. Um, just email it to us at stateoffearpodcast.com. If you have a personal story, something that we present at the end of every episode in which the person who experienced the event will retell their story in their own words, yes. Um, please email us at stateoffearpodcast at gmail.com in a audio format, either wave or MP3. Include your name, uh, when it happened, where it happened, and then the story, and we will put it at the end of an episode for yeah. sure. Okay, well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm Chris. What do you say we get on to the uh, next date? Absolutely, folks. And this is James. And folks, we'll see you down the road. Oh, and don't forget to stay tuned for the personal encounter stories coming up right now. Hi, I'm from Wichita, Kansas. And I have a story to tell. Um, about 15 years ago, I had this experience that happened to me. And... I believe that it's only happened one time that I'm aware of. Um, I went in to lay down on my daughter's bed and I fell asleep. She was in there doing her homework. And while I was sleeping, I could feel this thing, whatever it was, try to enter into my body. And I kept yelling no. But, of course, my daughter and son did not hear me at that time. And I could feel it, like, try to enter. And all of a sudden, I was able to yell out loud, no. And I woke up, and it was, like, gone. Um, And my daughter was looking at me and my son ran into the bedroom and they were like what's wrong and I said um nothing just a bad dream because I did not want to like tell them what just happened because I didn't want them to be afraid of being in this house so I just kept that to myself 
and never told them. Me and my friend went over to my other friend's house. Um, she had told me that she had seen in her kitchen a man standing there in the middle of the night. And so me and my friend was like, wow, let us come over there and investigate. So she was like, okay. And so we went over there and we were um, recording and she said um, in the, in the closet is where the light flickers a lot. So we went to that closet first and um, my friend, he opened the door and he went inside and he was like looking around and he really didn't get anything. And so I was standing outside the door and I was taking lots of pictures and I went to walk into the closet and something pushed me out of the way to the extent I lost my breath and I had to um, get my breath back. And I have never had anything push me out of the way before until that one time. And so um, we went into her bedroom and we were like looking around in the bedroom and we were taking recordings. Well, as we were looking in the room, um, I seen this black mist around the bed and going under the bed and she had told us that she had just bought batteries for her camera and put it under the bed and they were like dead when she tried to use them and um so when we listened to the evps later we had a few times like growling and get out of this house um yeah, that was, that was really a wild experience.
Want to hear some inside scoop? If your kids are as ready to go back to school as mine are, you gotta check out Kohl's. I got my daughters the cutest sew tops for under 18 bucks, Jansport backpacks for 25% off, and 30% off Levi's jeans for me. I even saved an extra 15% and picked up Kohl's cash. So, yeah, not sure who's more excited right now, me or the girls. Select styles. 15% off friends August 15th. Levi's coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store calls account for details.